Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing, plus all of our other podcasts over at blisterreview.com. Once again, we are broadcasting this episode from our home here in the Gunnison Valley of Colorado, and you should come do some riding out here at Hartman Rocks in Gunnison, because the south-facing riding at Hartman's is still really good. And that, my friends, is a first-hand report. So there you go. Okay, our guest today is Annika Beerton, who we had on the podcast. That was episode number 34. And we ended that conversation by making Annika promise us that she would come back on Bikes and Big Ideas because she is fantastic. And we just wanted to have her back on the show. But we did not expect to have this two-time world champion BMX rider and three-time four-cross world champion and queen of crankworks who hails from the Netherlands back on the show to talk about the things that we are going to be talking about here today. You see, Annika was in an accident a while back. She suffered a pretty serious concussion. And so we basically wanted to just check in with her to hear what happened and to get a firsthand report on her recovery progress and process and to provide a few public service announcements along the way that we all need to hear. But then we actually shift gears pretty hard and talk about her time at Travis Pastrana's very own private theme park, where Annika participated in the Pastranaland Pit Bike Championships. Amazing. So this conversation manages to somehow be both a serious and a super fun conversation with Blister reviewer Dylan Wood and with one of our favorite people and badass bike rider, Annika Beerton. And with that, here we go. Well, I am happy to be here with Dylan and Annika. And first and foremost, Annika, we had said in our last conversation that we definitely wanted to do this again, but these circumstances are not exactly what I had in mind. And so while it is very nice to see you and be talking with you again, I think, first of all, all of our sentiments are, we're glad that you are sort of doing okay here or doing better. And I think I wanted to start with, tell us what's happened. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on the show again. You know, glad to be here as well. So, yeah, it's been a, a pretty crazy last three months. Um, this week actually marks exactly three months since I was in a car accident. And what happened was I was driving home from riding and I came up to the last traffic light from home. It popped green. So I kind of kept rolling, kept my speed going and I'm not really, you know, like I was kind of in the zone and then out of nowhere, a car hits me on the left side of my truck. So in my driver's side, and it was a really hard and loud, like impact, you know, and I somehow I immediately, the only thing that I like kind of went through my mind was like, I'm in a car accident, you know, like that was the only thing, like I, I'm in a car accident. And then just it, it, a lot happened in the few seconds, but like, I kind of, you know, got my eyes back on the road and I drifted towards another car that was sitting on the other side of the traffic light waiting. And I 
that kind of went in slow motion because I saw two kids sitting in that car and I just yanked the wheel because I was going towards them, yanked the wheel. And I literally just got to a stop next to them. So yeah, I skidded over like probably five lanes because of, I had some speed and then the impact from the other person that unfortunately uh, missed the red light. Um, so they run the red light, hit me on the side and then, yeah, just, yeah, it was crazy. I didn't, I, I didn't lose my consciousness. Um, but you know, like you're in shock, you're shaking, you don't really know what just happened and things just flew through the car. And I was, uh, um, I was like looking for my phone because I, I knew I had to call somebody, you know, like some of my friends and couldn't find it because I had it in the holder, but it flipped out of the holder and it just like kind of, you know, flew away and people came to check up on me and I checked on myself. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm thank God I'm okay. You know, I couldn't really, my door was all jammed. So it was like hard to like to get the door open, but like people helped. And yeah, that was basically in a nutshell real quick, what kind of happened and yeah, why I've been, um, you know, showing recovery things online <laughs> on social media. So yeah. Yeah, that's how I guess I first sort of, actually, I didn't know that I think the first post of yours I saw just showed you in kind of a, a rehab setting and, you know, was sort of documenting a bit like wasn't quite where I wanted to be, but I do think I'm making some progress here. And I was just like, literally, what just happened here? And Dylan and I were talking. And so um, it was like, okay, well, I, we'd love to kind of catch up with you on this. Yeah. So actually like, so everything was a blur, you know, after the accident, I remember like the sheriff came up to me and she asked me, she's like, Oh, are you, are you going riding or are you coming from riding? And I'm like, I was thinking like, what the hell is she talking about? You know, I'm like, and she's like the attire, uh, you know, you're, you're wearing cycling clothes and there's a bike in the back of your pickup. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, uh, so like, I already knew I was like, my mind was like kind of off. And I was like, yeah, I just got back from riding, but you go through the whole motion of like, you know, there are like a lot of cops, the whole intersection is closed off. The fire truck comes, the paramedics are coming. And, you know, like I, I, it was just a blur, you know, I stood there and I just kind of, you know, waited for my friend to come and kind of help me out with things and taking photos of the pickup. And, uh, like I even was thinking in my mind, like I'm just going to get in the pickup and drive back. I don't know why I was thinking that because my truck was total, but <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was so spaced out of it. And like, I got home and stayed, stayed with my friends for a while, but then the symptoms got really bad. So I was really getting a headache. I was really getting a stiff neck. My vision was kind of funky and, you know, went to bed and I already talked to my physiotherapist. I was like, we need to do a concussion test tomorrow morning, like ASAP, because I'm sure I'm, I, I'm concussed, you know? And then the next morning I FaceTimed home and like my speech was totally off. My, especially my Dutch and English was, was a mess. And I was like, man, okay. I, you know, I rang the bell pretty bad and went to the, went to my physio, saw my physio and we did the concussion test. So there's like a baseline test <clears throat> we have nowadays for athletes yet to check really quick if you're concussed or not. Well, I, I failed it obviously pretty quickly, but then it's kind of, not weird, I would say, but because I think I'm an athlete and I've had a concussion before we were kind of like, okay, let's, you know, come back in in two days and I'll test you again. So we did that. And then like, after two days, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling really bad. You know, all I can do is like lay on the couch or lay in bed with like a really bad headache, really stiff neck. And then you're trying to deal with like insurance stuff and you need to get an attorney and your car needs to get, get like, you know, go to like a body shop. And there's like, 
so much going on. And we did another checkup and then I was like, okay, I got to go and I need to see a doctor. So I went to see a doctor and my doctor was like, okay, we need to send you to a specialist. And in the meantime, I kept doing like the baseline tests to see if I was improving and I wasn't really improving. And then one morning I was at my physio at my PT, Dr. Joe, and they start always start off with the same questions. Like what year are we in? You know, like what's the time and like, what day of the week is it? And I was like, Friday. And he's like, looked at me and I was like, Oh God, it's not Friday. I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, you know, like, and that was a moment I kind of broke. I was like, man, something is really like wrong. And then I went to see the neuro doctor and the neuro doctor was like, yeah, you have a severe, you know, brain injury. So we need to send you to a concussion brain rehab center. And that's probably where you saw my videos from. So that's what I started doing. Or I went first, I need to like to go and see the brain rehab center doctor and do tests. And it was two hours of testing. So they have like different kinds of tests that you need to do. And I would think as an athlete that, oh my God, like I'm, I'm going to, this is fine. You know, I got, I got this. And I was standing on this balance thing that had like sensors in the floor. So everything would be documented on the computer and it kind of moved, but I was like, I was keeping my balance. I was like, man, I, I got this, you know, I'm doing pretty good. And then we went over the, over the, the results and he's like, well, Annika, a normal person would be a hundred percent and you're currently at 25. And I was just like, man, yeah. So like all that is like, it's so weird because I feel like I'm so used to always like kind of wing things off and like, be like, I'll be fine. You know, I'll, but everything just was not everything. What I was doing was not fine. You know, and people were telling me like, it's not good. So, yeah. Annika, was this your first concussion that you've ever had or have you had one before? I've had one before. I think when we're like us, when we're riding so much, we all hit our head, you know, once or twice, you know, like my previous concussion wasn't like this at all. You know, it was just like a few days of rest and then you pretty much like get back to life pretty quickly. Um, so this was definitely like a, a de- different level of uh, brain injury. Yeah. Yeah. And because now with the car accident, it was a side impact. So there's no headrest or anything. So you really like the neck really swings around and the brain really moves inside the head. And so the main, the main damage was done. It's called in my vestibular system, which is your inner ear balance organ and my vision. So the the connection between those two were, were damaged. So that's all like the things that I'm working on now to get that connected again. Yeah, it's funny. I think I somehow rather naively still think of concussions as a rather mild incident that, you know, we have come to understand it's like not great to have a bunch of these more sort of minor episodes. But I think that's just a, I've been operating in kind of a pretty unnuanced world in that way. Like, okay, well, you have a concussion, not great. Just don't have like 10 or 12 of them. But what you're describing is really just a different type of incident. Yeah, it's, they're, they're all different. And that's why it's so hard to pin down like what a concussion is. You know, there's not going to be one concussion that is going to be the same. And that's really what I'm finding out now as well. But luckily nowadays we have so much more knowledge about the brain and about the, like the way how to like fix this, 
that when back in the day, it's just like all oh, rest, you know, like you have to fix this with rest. Like I could not imagine if we did not have the knowledge or I would not have the possibility to go to a rehab center now, because I think I would go mentally crazy. Like if I wouldn't have been able to fix this, like I'm fixing it now, like I all of a sudden have so much more, you know, aware of concussions and like respect for people that actually have a brain injury for the rest of their life. Because it's miserable. I can tell you that like my first like weeks and like, I would say the first two months were, were very difficult. Yeah. So you touched on this maybe a little bit, like how much did you know about concussions before this? I mean, like you said, you're in a business of mountain bikers crash. Like that's what mountain bikers do. Right. It was funny. I was literally just having dinner with some friends, all very good athletes the other day, somebody mentioned concussions that they had had a concussion recently. And they said, you know, and then I immediately went home and went to sleep, which I totally shouldn't have done. And it's like, but actually, wait a second. My understanding is now we're at a place where no, like get rest, go ahead and sleep after these incidents. But I now I'm not totally sure if I have the current understanding or if it kind of depends on the injury. So long winded way of just asking, like, how much were you aware of or did you feel like you were really up to date on the nuances of these things versus now that you're going through it? Yeah, I think like I I did have the knowledge because uh, the last few years in racing, they really stepped it up when it comes to um, concussions and tests. Like in the beginning of the year, I went to New Zealand to Rotorua and before racing, we, we have to do a baseline test with the doctor of Crankworks. So we have to do a baseline test. So he knows if we, if I crash and he does a test with me, what my normal standards of uh, memory balance is. So I feel like we're very aware nowadays that we have somebody looking over us at the races. And the same here for me with my physiotherapist, like um, we did baseline tests before. So I feel like we have more and more knowledge, but I think for me as a person, I, I underestimated it. I underestimated it all. And I feel like that's me thinking I was, I, I was okay with, because I had a concussion before, you know, like, and even like the sheriff told me like, well, this is like different than, you know, like, or like she was pointing out that I was going to be sore the day after she's like, this is different than riding your bike or crashing on your bike. And I was like, ah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you don't know <laughs> whatever, who I am. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I crash. I mean, like <laughs> I don't fall over. I crash. <laughs> so I think that was my mistake. Because, you know, like I, I kind of, even towards my friends, I should have been more open so they could have checked in on me, for example, that night, but that was not till after. And that's why I really try to tell people now as well, because I've been getting messages on Instagram, people saying like, Oh, I hit my head or like, you know, what should I do? Like you should just, there should not be any doubt. You should just go and see a doctor, you know, you need to get it checked out because if it lingers on, or if you, if you have like symptoms that can get worse, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not good. So Annika, with your understanding of concussions going into this and experiencing it yourself, what is like a symptom or a side effect that maybe you weren't expecting to happen and it's happening and you're like, you know, surprised by it. Yeah. So 
So I have, I have, or I had and have still, like I have, I had really severe symptoms of dizziness, really sensitive to light, really sensitive to noise, uh, motion sickness, vertigo, not able to sleep and really bad headaches. Like even like the past. So on Sunday night, I texted my doctor and I was like, guess what? I didn't have a headache for four days. And I was so happy, but also like, it was so crazy to think that for the past three months, that's just been my life, you know, like it's, it's, it's so crazy, but like, yeah, I feel like the, the, the sensitive to, to light and noise were stuff that I never really experienced. Yeah. Emotion sickness, like just with little things. Dylan, have you had, what's your history with concussions? I've, I've played contact sports my whole life growing up, played football as a kid into middle school and started mountain biking and skiing in high school. So I've definitely been, uh, you know, had plenty of opportunities to get a concussion, but I don't think I've ever had. And every time I have hit my head, I've sort of been like, okay, I need to remember that I just hit my head and this could be serious. So like, I'm going to see if, you know, I start forgetting things, start developing any of the symptoms that Annika mentioned, but it's never been so serious as to, um, I've had to go to a doctor. The most recent one I can think of is when, uh, you know, when you're spring skiing and the sun goes away and all of a sudden the snow is like twice as fast. I, this, this happened and I overshot a jump. And when I landed, I like, landed completely flat like on top of a mogul got a knee like to the chin and i this is in taos and i was like okay like i might be concussed i was with like the whole ski team so i told everyone i was like if i start acting weird if i start forgetting things like just tell me but for now like i'm doing all right and luckily i didn't develop any symptoms so uh long story short no. And you mentioned that you had had a concussion with that neck injury. Yeah, it's funny when we, you, Dylan, we were talking about Annika and we we were talking a little bit about concussions. And I think I said to you like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure I've ever had one. And then it's like, wait a minute, I've definitely had probably several, including when I broke my neck three years ago. But at that time i think there was like a very wildly serious thing going on with my neck that the the concussion part ended up seemingly being a secondary thing but yeah with the concussion symptoms they were pretty short lived i would say within a day or two it seemed like that had been kind of remedied at least as i re recall so yeah seeing the sustained symptoms yeah, that's a different that's a different deal. Also, I am a total coward when it comes to headaches. Like I think I'm real good at certain types of pain. I am not good at headaches. Because you can't like hold your head, right? If you break your arm, you can hold your arm or I mean I went days with a broken neck before going to a hospital. Like certain pains I'm good at, the headache I'm out. I'm out right now. The, the the headache part is just really draining. It, it it just drains the energy out of you. You know, like when as soon as you have a headache, you can't really go in your computer or your phone or talk to people. You know, you just want to be left alone, sit in the dark, and that's kind of you know <laughs> I don't know what it, what you can do, and there's not much that you can do about it. So, and for me as well, like the headaches would get really severe. So after like. 
three sessions at the rehab center. Um, I, I came in one morning and, and by that time I was able to drive again. In the beginning, I wasn't even able to drive, but I drove over, I was driving there. It's only 10 minutes, but I was like, man, I'm getting nauseous. There's nauseous on the stomach. And I was sitting in the waiting room and I was like, man, this, I feel, I feel really bad. And I still have to start rehab, you know? And I told him and I kind of broke down at rehab. I'm like, man, this, this, this sucks. You know, like, like what, what is this? Like, why am I feeling like this right now? You know? And at that point, like we did more tests and he found out with like, you know, the vert vertical, no virtual goggles. They, they have the computer goggles kind of like the doctor has one, but he looks at my pupils in the eyes, you know? So he has the computer and he was doing a movement with me with my head and laying down. And once he did that, I got, I got so nauseous, like, and everything just started spinning. And, um, he's like, Oh, I see, I see what the, not a problem is, you know, he's like, your left eye is going into a spasm. So my left eye would kind of roll away while the other one stayed normal. And while that happens, I get huge tension on the neck because it's all connected. So the eyes and the neck are all connected together. While it was a relief that he was find, finding out like what the problem was with that, like me getting like super nauseous, it was also like, man, this is like, <laughs> you know, this is the next level to, to kind of deal with. But it was good that like we found that out because there's like different exercises for it. So a lot of exercises that have to do with just the eyes, you know, and, uh, and yeah, that's like, it's been like the whole, the whole like brain rehab might've, might've been like the, the hardest thing for me because I go to a rehab center where I work with lolly sticks and balancing on a normal little foam pad. And I can't do that stuff, especially in the beginning. And then I'm, I'm surrounded by people that are an average age of 85, you know, and then I have to wear in the beginning, I had to wear glasses or they would tape off like one eye for me, like to do exercises. And I, I, I would, I, I was feeling so far away from the person that I was just, that I was, you know, like, I'm like, I, I don't recognize myself. And I was like, kind of hating going there, but I, I knew that was what I needed to like, you know, make improvements. And that was also one of the things like I, I was hardly on social media or Instagram, like trying to explain because I, I wasn't ready to show the world yet. Like what, what I was going through, you know, and, and, uh, some people feel like, I don't know. Sometimes you see that people really would like to show their recovery and what's going on, but I just couldn't in the first half. I just needed all that energy that I, that I had for just like recovery and getting, getting through the day basically. So can you talk with us a little bit about kind of where you are right now and, or maybe some of the specific rehab goals that you're trying to get to like what are you working on right now or have have the 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 people that you're working with have they kind of set this up for you kind of this roadmap like here's the next thing we want you to get really good and comfortable at this and then we're gonna head here tell me a little bit about that yeah. So basically it's kind of things are normally going like week by week or day by day, um, because not, and not any day has been the same, but, um, the past weeks, you know, I've been making bigger steps and <laughs> in the beginning, I kind of kept asking, you know, my doctor in rehab, like, you think you can ride again? He's like, can I, you think I'm like, can I ride on the parking lot? <laughs> you know, like that was like, for me, that was such a big thing because I really missed it. So like, 
But in the beginning, it was just, um, you know, walking and doing the exercise that they gave me with balance and like throwing a ball and then like walking and throwing a ball. Um, and then on a treadmill walking and, and like looking left and right, which like totally messes with your balance system. But then today it was like, well, I, actually this weekend was the first time I, I did like two laps around the block, which is like three miles and it takes me like 30 minutes. And then today I did about double, I did six miles and I went to a different place where I can just quietly ride on the road. And those are like, for me, huge improvements, you know, that's like, that, that, that feels like the feeling alone, like just like riding again is amazing. And I think that all that will help my recovery too, just like getting outside again and ride. And, um, so like what I have to be careful with now is for example, uh, or not, well, yeah, I have to be careful with it. It's like getting the heart rate up. Because heart rate up means more blood flow through the, to the brain and which causes like could cause the headaches again. So we're trying to avoid that because I've been doing pretty good with the headaches now. Um, and then I like to uh, play like tennis um, against the wall because that's really good rehab. So, but I kind of always go all in with that stuff. <laughs> so I have like, like my doctor be like, yeah, maybe you could try to play tennis. So like I'll, on my way home, I'll be at, you know, at the store, buy tennis record and tennis balls. And <laughs> before you know it, I'm like <laughs> smashing away <laughs> and then I'll be on the couch with a headache and I'll be like, God, God damn it. Maybe I should take it a little bit easier. So you are experiencing that right now. If you start pushing things a bit too hard, you can bring back those headaches. You're, it's not just that they're yeah. warning you that might happen. You, you are finding that. Yeah. So, and that is really the difference between recovering from a brain injury and recovering from like a different injury, like a broken arm, because then you want to push that leg again. For example, you break your leg or arm, you need to push that again. You know, you want to do one more rep and try to like, so what they really tell me all the time is I like have to step on the brake because as soon as I feel that my head starts like pounding or it's like a fatigue, fatigue feeling, or I feel like kind of dizzy, I need to stop and let everything calm down. Because if you do that with a brain injury, you're not making it better. You're not making the recovery go faster. So I really had to learn to listen to my brain. And it's really difficult sometimes because when you're riding a bike or playing tennis, I'm in the moment. I feel great. I'm outside. I'm doing my thing, but I'm not actually standing still and listening to what the brain is telling me. So I have to like stop and then I'm like, okay, no symptoms, no headache. I can keep pedaling, you know? So that's like, that's what, what is the difference with like a normal recovery versus like a brain recovery or like normal training. You know, when I would be training, I would be like, you know, doing an extra sprint or extra squat to make yourself better. But now you can, you know, you just have to make sure that you don't put too much stress on the brain. Yeah. What you're describing with wanting to get back to it seems like a pretty common story with everyone who may or may not have had a head injury. It's just like, okay, like this could be serious, but I kind of just want to get back to it. And it seems like, especially within the past five or 10 years, we're becoming especially more knowledgeable and uh, careful about concussions in sports like, you know, with the NFL spreading awareness with CTE and making sure that they do all the research they can to help that within 
football. And I think the same goes within things like skiing and biking. For me, when in mountain sports here at Western, we have to take that uh, baseline test that you were talking about with concussions. Oh, good. Yeah. So I think that's a great thing and things are advancing well. What advice would you give someone who maybe has had this head injury and isn't really sure if they should get it checked out, don't really want to. They just, like you said, they kind of just want to keep going with things. After having this experience, what could you tell someone like that to maybe change their mind? Yeah, I would say like, it. you know, everything, if your brain isn't functioning right, the rest of the body isn't, you know, and if you might have had a concussion, you want to get things checked out, you know, and also because you want to prevent that your next hit to the head is going to be making things a lot worse. Or like even in situations for most of us, when you get a concussion, you need to be very aware that if you're not fully recovered, that your next blow to the head doesn't matter if you're riding your bike again, driving a car or, you know, just like, I don't know, fall out of a hammock that could be fatal. And that like, that's, really what I've been like learning more about as well. Like the, the second impact syndrome is, you know, really serious. And I, I don't think a lot of people really, um, know that or are aware of that, you know, when you kind of just had a concussion and you like, Oh, I feel fine. Let, let me like a week after, let me jump back on the bike. It's like, no, you know, you can't, you just got to wait for the green light. So like the doctor tells you like, okay, now you're good again to ride. And, and I feel like the same for me, like it helps when you go and see a specialist, you know, if it's a doctor or a therapist, because a lot of times us athletes or not even us athletes, but I think a lot of people are just like, you don't really, you don't really, uh, I don't know the right word, but like you just kind of push yourself, put yourself back out there. You know, if somebody else tells you, if somebody else tells me like, Anna, you need to step on the brake or no, you can't ride a bike. I'm not riding a bike. You know, I kind of need somebody to tell me that sometimes. Otherwise I just like keep pushing or like, I would, I'd say like, even because it took me three to four weeks, probably before I went to the rehab center for the first time, I hopped on the trainer here at home. I was like, I wasn't going anywhere, but that was me. And you know? I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm losing muscles. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't like, I, there's a race still in Innsbruck, you know, Crankworks is coming up. I cannot not like try to do this stuff. And thinking back, it's it, it was stupid, but until I went and got further tests. I didn't know, you know, so I learned then right there that like, you know, after doing that, like, okay, that's something that you can't do. You can't just like, you know, go get, see a specialist and make sure you get things checked out. I, I can't help but think about the conversation I had with Paul Basagodia. You know, his injury was sustained in a competition, right? At Red Bull Rampage. I just keep thinking about the fact that your accident did not happen during a competition. You were not pinning it, you know, trying to get on that podium or, or, you know, trying to place. You were doing what we all do, which is just we went on a ride and then we're headed home. And I think just for like the public service announcement portion of this that I think we all probably need the perpetual reminder of is without going into all of the specifics of the accident, you know, I, my understanding is there may have been some level of distraction with the driver and whether that person yes. was on their phone or just doing what we all do, which is looking at directions on a phone or, or something of the sort. 
we've all just got to be so careful and mindful about not letting ourselves get distracted when we are driving. Yeah, totally. Yeah. A hard part, a hard part of this is that, you know, it did not happen riding because I'm not, I, I like normally you can blame yourself, you know, and it had happened in an accident, in a car accident and that somebody was distracted and missed the red light. And like, but on the other hand, you know, that person didn't do that on purpose. You know, it, it, we're all distracted every now and then while driving. And I feel like more and more because like, I'm always kind of scared here when I'm on my road bicycle, you know, that's where, I, that's where I'm like, because people are constantly on their phones and doing different things. And it's like, but then, you know, it can also happen when you're just driving, like me just driving home, you know, and for me as well, like, I'm really aware now of that, like, you can just change somebody's life in a few seconds. And like my life just changed, you know, for the last three months. So like, yeah, that part is, uh, definitely hopefully, you know, bring a little bit of awareness to people with this as well, not only to the concussion, but also like the part where you said, like, you know, man, stick to driving and because you can totally hurt somebody or put somebody in a really dark place. Absolutely. So all this concussion talk has been very valuable and I've learned a lot, but to shift gears to maybe a less serious note, it would be a shame if we did not talk to you about the Pastrana land pit bike championships. So please tell us how this went. Oh my God. (laughs) Totally. Like that was like the highlight of my year. So it's actually kind of like a little bit of a funny story. So I got a phone call from Tara Geiger and she's like, Hey Annika, what are you doing in three days? Well, I'm like, I'm in the middle of Moab riding. I've never been to Moab. So I was riding in Moab and uh, she's like, do you think you could come to Pastrana land for the, for a pit bike race? Uh, she's like, Vicky Golden got hurt and I need a partner. I'm like, well, I think it's an honor that you ask me to replace Vicky Golden. But I'm like, that's, that's, that's shoes that I cannot fill. You know, I'm like, I'm a mountain biker. I'm not a dirt bike racer and definitely not a pit bike racer. But she's like, no, no, I will just be, you know, it will just be a small event. Like you'll be fine. I'm like, okay, cool. Like book a ticket. So I, I drove to Denver, got on the plane from Colorado, flew to, to Pastrana land and, uh, they, Pastrana, they came up to me and Travis came up and he's like, Annika, it's so amazing that you made it. I'm glad you're here. You might not want to go check out the track. And I was like, oh, great. Thank you. So I checked out, I did check out the trek and yeah, I had a sleepless night because I was like, man, there's like, there's like no way I can do these jumps because I never, I never do this stuff. But Travis was, Travis already had a whole plan. He had everything already planned out because he made lines around like the mess of like burn jump and everything. He's like, Annika, I got everything sorted out for you. You can just like ride down here and take this inside line. So you don't have to do, I'm like, okay, thank you. But it was like, it was, it was so fun. It was so amazing. And like, um, it actually, the, the riding after a day of practice went a lot better than I expected it as well. So, you know, I didn't feel like too much of a goon. Yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing just, you know, getting invited back to Pastrana land and hang out with everybody there and, uh, yeah, just taking it all in. Travis, I have always found just kind of fascinating, is the Travis that we see, you know, on TV and social media, whatever, is that Travis or do you, have you seen like a different Travis or kind of a different side? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, like uh, Travis is what you see 
on social media and even better in person. Like I cannot tell you how, like how much respect he shows to everybody, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, he, he's always super friendly and yeah, I really, I really like enjoy the time, like just hanging out there because he, I'm just, doesn't matter who you are, everybody, he, everybody's the same, you know? And, and also like, he was very, um, he was aware of that, like the whole trip I was doing Moab and Colorado was because I was cycling up Pikes Peak where my best friend last year passed away, um, Carlin Dunn. So he knew Carlin. So he knew I was like in the middle of like going up to Pikes Peak as well. And, you know, he was super, um, a motivation as well for that, you know, that I was like going to do that. And yeah, he's just very respectful of all that. He's a, he's an awesome guy. Yeah. So I know that that wasn't your first dirt bike experience, right? And you've had plenty of time on a dirt bike. Yeah. However, 110s are a different story and my roommate has a 110 actually (laughs) and that thing is probably the most fun toy that exists among us what what kind of modifications do you need to make to your to your dirt bike riding and what you know about a dirt bike to go from you know riding like a two to three hundred cc bike out on a track to riding a literal kid's motorcycle out on this crazy track that travis pastrana had dreamed up for you all um well we had stock bikes so like all the bikes were just the same and stock but it's just like it kind of for me it kind of remind me of to bmx racing because i came from bmx racing where you're in the smaller bikes and they're you know very easy to handle and throw around and uh yeah you can you can just it's it's so much more playful than your big dirt bike you know so it felt to me it felt like more going towards like my bmx roots okay now the last time that we spoke with you, you had like 93 different sort of projects going on. And so (laughs) I guess I just kind of want to get a bit of an update on some of these projects. You know, how are you doing with them? Have some been put on pause? Give us an update. Yeah. So the ice bag solution thing is currently on hold. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Haven't patented it yet. So that idea is is still, it's stuck in the fridge, kind of in the freezer. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, we were talking about the books I was reading and unfortunately I'm unable to like read books, but I went to audiobooks, and that's actually kind of a funny story too, because I had a friend of mine, he's like, Annika, why don't you just like, you know, they do the audiobooks. I was like, okay, that's a great idea. So he actually, as a present, he bought me an audiobook and it's like never split uh-huh. the difference. It's about, it's a very Dutch way, you know, never split the difference. <laughs> anyway, so like he got me the book and I started like listening to it on the couch or at night. And I was telling him, I'm like, I really appreciate you sending me that book, but it's like, I keep falling asleep after five minutes. And then I wake up, it's like, I'm an hour into that book and I have no (laughs) idea where I left off. (laughs) So it hasn't been that successful. It's really successful if you want to get me to sleep because the guy is like, the guy that is actually talking in that book is like, he's like Barry White, you know, like listening to Barry White. So it's like easy to fall asleep. And um, I did get a new book the other day. So I try to listen to it kind of like during the day. Um, it's called Think Like a Monk. So yeah, it's really Think Like a Monk. It's really cool. I like it. It's all like I said the last time, they're all about like, you know, mental health and learning new things. So that's the book side. But then I, I, I did actually started picking up on some other things again. And what I'm working for now, and I'm hoping to have it um, out before Christmas, is some custom uh, fenders uh, that I design, mudguards. Yeah, 
So I'm working with Memory Pilot. They're gonna gonna make some mud guards, and uh, I want to make something for the kids because I'm, you know, I'm really, you know, I like more kids on bikes. You know, I think it's great to, like to support the next generation. And I every now and then I ride in this weird unicorn suit, so I'm designing some uni- I'm designing some unicorn uh, mud guards. So yeah, just little things that I try to pick up again, and then all the sponsor stuff for next year. Everything just starts rolling again. So. By the way, I have I've also tried to listen to the audiobook of Never Split the Difference and I'm with you. I I I can't okay. I, this is one I can't get any traction on for better or for worse. So <laughs> I, I was hoping to get rich out of it, but <laughs> I I guess you and I will just continue to split the difference cuz we can't get to the end of this book and learn how to not do that. So anyway, I'm in the same boat as you. Well, speaking of getting rich, I remember last time on the Beer Tin Book Club, you were reading how to be a badass at making money. Did did you ever did you ever get to finish that book? And if so, no, no, oh, that's a bummer. No, no, I haven't finished it yet. So as soon as I, I I'm able to like focus on reading a little bit better, then uh, that's the first one I'm gonna continue. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a book that should be priority number one. I know. Yeah. Especially now with all the med- medical bills piling up. So <laughs> yeah, that one. So you haven't learned how to not split the difference. And I think on this one, like you already are a <laughs> badass, maybe just not yet a badass at making money. So we still, we can see clear trajectories for you, right? And that's totally fine too. I'd rather be a badass at like living life than making money. Because it's actually funny because today they released a magazine in the Netherlands that is kind of like the opposite of like the richest people in the Netherlands, not by what you have in your bank account, but the way you live life. And I got a spot in there. So I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, that made, I, yeah, I was, I was really stoked on that, that they kind of, you know, saw that what I, what I did coming from the Netherlands, moving here to the US and, you know, riding a bike for a living. So it was pretty cool. Oh, that is real good. That's good confirmation that you're on the right, that you're (laughs) on the right track, I think. (laughs) Well, you mentioned an upcoming season. Give us some of your thoughts about that. Yeah. It seems like now, um, left and right, we we're, we're seeing that events are showing up on the calendar. Uh, people are announcing like sea otter, so just today I got another, um, uh, email from like the local events right here in California that things are starting to pick up, uh, which is great. You know, then we can start planning. We know that New Zealand is not kicking off with Crankworks this year in March, but it will be, you know, later in the year in November, which for me is, is, is really great. You know, that gives me like another, probably another two months to get ready for the season. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to continue with uh, the racing and then doing camps and clinics. And uh, we're going to be back in Bentonville this summer or next summer, I have to say, for, uh, for an event for women, coaching some women and stuff. So yeah, I'm just, I'm looking forward to hopefully 2021 being a bit more of a normal year than this year, you know? So yeah, it's been, it's been weird in all kinds of ways. Well, hey, we want to let you get going, but just before we do... Talk to us a little bit about the wildfire situation in California. I mean, I feel like we had an election to some people. We're kind of still having an election here. But I think because of that, maybe the wildfire situation has not been at the front of the news cycle in the way that it had been. I know that you actually did have to evacuate at one point. Tell us a little bit about what, in fact, is happening in California on that front. 
Yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy and really sad to, to to see what's been happening here. I think it was now three weeks ago I had to evacuate myself. Like in the morning, it was very windy, and I noticed an Amber Alert on the phone saying that like they were getting really close with the evacuations. Uh, but of course, I had brain rehab that morning, so I I was like, I got to go to rehab. You know, I'm not skipping rehab. So I went to rehab, got home, and then yeah, immediately got the news that we needed to get our stuff and evacuate. Like police was driving around telling us that we, you know, needed to leave the, leave the house. Because when I was driving back home from rehab, I could tell that the fire was getting really close. It was kind of like crawling over the mountain that is like behind the house or hill. So yeah. And then it's like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, grab your valuables. And I grabbed all my bikes. I, I grabbed some stuff, paperwork. And that was also like very stressful, you know, having to, having to do all that and run around, but yeah, it got really close and I was, wasn't able to go home for more than three days. And we were very lucky that the firefighters were able to, to, you know, stop it right here or save the, save the homes because there's another like kind of like a rich, rich line behind my house with houses. So it came up to right there. So it was, it was, it was really sad to see when I got back home to see all like everywhere where I ride here just got burned down, you know, that as well. It's like all the trails are gone. Everything just has to be rebuilt. And then you see people, it's kind of like you see everything up close, the same with the concussion now with fires, you see everything from close by, you see people, you know, like losing homes or whatever. Yeah. That's, 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 that's very sad. You know, a reality check on life. A lot of things that have been happening to like, definitely, you know, seize the day. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and yeah, make the most out of it. Well, on that note, listen, first of all, seriously, I mean, we're, we are, very happy that you are progressing as you are after this accident. Yeah. I mean, much continued success on that front. I know we don't have to tell you to keep up with your rehab. It sounds like we just need to keep reminding you to chill, (laughs) like take it, you know, take it easy. We really appreciate you coming on and giving us this update. And we're going to probably be bugging you for another update. As I am confident, you're going to continue to keep getting better and better. And again, to all of us who might be tempted to be reaching for our phones or just being more distracted than we should when driving, let's just commit to not doing that because we can really shake up people's lives. Yeah, totally. And I also want to like would like to thank everybody that's been reaching out to me through social media channels, you know, all the people that follow me and the fans. And, um, I, I see it all. I, I can't, I can't reply to everybody just because I'm still very limited. Like even now I know, I notice my, I start mumbling and I can't always find the words. And even like the same with Dylan, you know, I got his message after the accident and I see the message and I see everybody's messages. So that's amazing, you know, and, um, I'm excited to keep this progress going and yeah, to see everybody again next year and uh, soon out on the trails. Yeah. Well, Hey, best wishes. We'll be staying tuned and rooting for you. And uh, till the next time, take care. See ya. Thank you. See you guys. Well, that's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. Thanks to Annika for the conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. And if you are enjoying these Bikes and Big Ideas conversations, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts, and please be sure to tell your friends about the show. And until next time, please take good care of yourself and everybody else, and we will talk to you again next week.